Welcome to Pushback. I'm Aaron Mate. Joining me from Gaza City is Dr. Basim Naim. He is a senior official with Hamas's International Relations Office, the former health minister in Gaza, and an organizer of the 2018 Great March of Return. Dr. Naim, thank you for joining me. Thank you very much. You can give us your sense of what you've been living through under Israeli bombardment in Gaza this last week. Thank you very much. In short, I can tell you that no one here 24 hours is safe, neither inside the house or outside the house, in, in hospitals, in schools, in uh, high buildings, in small villas or in apartments. Uh, you can be the next target at any time. Uh, we have, uh, during the last seven days, we have lost more than 20, 200 innocent Palestinians. 59 of them are children, around 30 women. Uh, most of the houses have been attacked uh, midnight, 1 or 2 a.m. While the people are sleeping, uh, the houses have been destroyed above the heads of their owners. Uh, until now, the Israeli allegations talking about targeting military compounds and military uh, offices and militant uh, people, but we haven't seen any proof or any sign of these allegations. What we have seen only is what we have seen is only children and women uh, under the rubble. Uh, therefore, really, it is very serious, very dangerous. Uh, to, to live at this moment inside uh, Gaza Strip, especially in particular Gaza City. As the former health minister in Gaza, what can you tell us about the Israeli attack so far on health infrastructure and how Gaza's uh, already strained medical system is handling the massive civilian toll and damage from this latest assault? Uh, we have to remember and to put this, this uh, aggression within the context of the last 15 or 16 years, uh, if a lot of people know that 16 years ago, we have run uh, the Palestinian elections and at that time Hamas won the majority, uh, the international community, in particular the United States rejected the results and uh, imposed, Israel imposed backed up by the United States and, and the, the Europe and other, inter, other countries, an illegal and inhuman siege on Gaza. Uh, for 16 years, the Gazans were struggling uh, for, to survive, uh, so that the UN in early reports was talking about Gaza in 2020 is unlivable. You are talking about uh, around 80% of Gazans are, are depending on, on international food aid to, to survive or to, to, to secure their food needs. 85% of Gazans are low, living below the poverty line. The poverty line. 80, 95% of our water is undrinkable, and so on and so on. A lot of figures and numbers are indicating how dire is the life here. Within this context, we have now, first, before these attacks, we have to fight against corona virus, the pandemic. And you can imagine if big countries with, with much bigger resources was not able 
to fight in the proper way against the virus, what can Gaza with its very limited resources, what can, what can it do? Now, above of all these chronic problems, uh, we have the last uh, aggression from the Israeli uh, military forces against our people, besieged people, as it was always described, Gaza, Gaza Strip is the biggest open air prison. Uh, you can imagine what does it mean first uh, to have hundreds of people killed and thousands of people wounded, a lot of them seriously wounded. And at the same time, I have to tell you something that uh, a lot of families, especially on the eastern border of Gaza and in the north of Gaza Strip, have been forcefully displaced from their houses into the Gaza, into the middle of Gaza City. Most of them went to uh, to hospitals to feel a little bit safety. They, and this is you know, putting uh, new burdens on the health sector. Now, this escalation uh, within the context of a siege for 16 years, fighting corona, exhausted human resources. You have to remember that our uh, medical staff, nurses, doctors, now they are working now for years without salaries or sometimes 30% or 20% of their salaries in a very bad life conditions. And they have to continue. They cannot stop. They, they don't have a chance to have a rest. They have to continue fighting to keep the system standing, to avoid collapsing of the system. Again, uh, uh, and here I have also to say that around 90% of the services in Gaza because of the very bad socio-economical conditions are governmental uh, services. Uh, I mean, the private sector and the NGOs, uh, they cannot offer a lot of services. Therefore, the burdens on the governmental sector is, are huge. Uh, this is, in, in short, and in few words, uh, the disastrous situation and the dire condition of the health sector during these uh, attacks. Especially, we don't know exactly when it, when it will come to end, to an end. As we are speaking, the number of Palestinian children killed by Israel in Gaza is close to 60. Are there any individual stories you can tell us about the killings by Israel of Palestinian children in Gaza, stories that you have heard or, or witnessed? Look, all these 200 people killed, behind every one of them is a story. Today, only today, I have heard the story of a young man who, list, who lost his fiancée during one of these attacks, and he, how his future is destroyed, his love lost. Uh, you, you are talking about children. They were inside their house with, her, with their mother, and then they moved from their house because they didn't feel safe to their grandmother or grandfather's house because it could be safer. And then they have been killed there. I'm talking about two elderly, a man and woman. They left their house because it was not safe and, and moved to their daughter. In front of the house of their daughter, they have been attacked. I'm talking about 70 years old man and woman. 
they have been attacked in front of the house of the daughter. A lot, look, we have lost one of the best internal medicine doctors, the head of internal medicine department in Shefa Hospital, one of the most brilliant doctors. He was inside Shefa Hospital and he went to his house for a few uh, minutes to, to take a rest or to, to, uh, and to look after his family, which is the house, his house is maybe 200 meters from Shefa Hospital. And he was attacked in, inside the house while he at, at midnight was 1 or 2 a.m. He was killed with his wife and five children. Another doctor, a neuro, a neuropsychiatrist, uh, 67 years old, he was killed and his, his family, his wife and children are still lost under the rubble. I think if you look after all these 200 people killed, you will find a story, a painful, a very painful story. Uh, look, if, the, if any house or a high building destroyed totally, for example, uh, Hanadi Hospital, uh, Hanadi Tower, 13 floors, or Al-Jala Tower, where Al-Jazeera and AB were, was based, 14 uh, floors. Can you imagine the, the, the personal history, the uh, memories, uh, all what you have, all the properties, because you have a few minutes to leave. Maximum you can take your children and, and change your clothes if you have a chance to change it and to leave the, the building. And then suddenly you lose everything. Uh, Muhammad Abu Hatab, his wife was visiting his mother, uh, her mother, and suddenly the house was attacked. She was killed with her, with her children and with her uh, mother. He, after yani, lifting the rubble, he got only one of his, one member of his family, a five month old child. Who, he, he was left from, from, the, from the attack. Can you imagine the feeling of, 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 of a man like this? Alcoholic family, alcoholic family, 27 members in one shot killed men and women and children. Can you imagine what does it mean for uh, someone, a child here or a, a woman here who left from this family? 27 or 28 members of this family lost in one shot men and women and children. It is not easy to talk about these people. Really, it is not easy. I can imagine what, how painful for them. Okay, now we are talking about them and we are telling their stories. But in one week or two weeks, the people will be busy with their own problems and they will forget them maybe forever and they will suffer alone to survive, to survive psychological trauma, to survive, to struggle against uh, psycho, uh, socio-economical uh, problem to find a new house, a new family. I think it is not something easy to tell the story. We have always raised the slogan, we are not numbers. We are not only figures in the press. We are talking about lives, about human stories. Each one of them, if you go further and deeper, you will find a very painful and very impressive story of these uh, children and men and women.
It has just been reported that the Biden administration, shortly before the Israeli assault on Gaza, approved a new weapon sale to Israel worth something like $735 million. I'm wondering your response to that and to the Biden administration defending Israel's attack, claiming that Israel has the right to defend itself against Hamas rockets, and also on multiple occasions blocking a ceasefire resolution at the UN Security Council. First of all, this is really very painful and shocking for us. We hope that after the change, after Trump administration and the new administration, that we will, we might witness a new, a new policies and new strategies towards the conflict here, to uh, to, imbo- to to impose uh, justice and peace and calm and prosperity here. But unfortunately, we are really disappointed and sit, uh, fed up with these uh, policies. First of all, I have to condemn such acts because it is converting the United States as a, a participant, a direct participant in the crime against our people. They are attacking our houses. The weapons killing our children and women and women and destroying our houses is American weapons. Second, what does it mean if you tell us day and night about the biggest army in the region, the strongest army in the region? Is he in need for for, 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 for further uh, arming and further weapons? Uh, what does it mean? Instead of, look, the international uh, law, we have heard it repeatedly from the UN uh, Human Rights Rapporteur or from uh, uh, UN agencies that Israel is violating greatly international law by attacking the worshippers in Al-Aqsa Mosque, by changing the status quo in Al-Aqsa compound, by forceful eviction of Palestinians from Sheikh Jarrah, and now by also by attacking uh, the Palestinians here, innocent civilians inside Gaza. And before that, by besieging 2 million people for more than 16 years in the biggest open air prison. This is inhuman, this is illegal, this is against international law, a great violation. What does it mean when the United States, day and night, talking about human rights, democracy, uh, freedom of press, freedom, of, and then they are supporting the oppression, they are supporting the uh, a fascist regime here. People considering again, the United States is a, a direct participant in the crimes against our people. Why? We are asking ourselves, why? What is the fault? What is the sin we have done so that the Americans are supporting uh, the crimes against our people? Why the Americans are dealing with Israel as a state above the law? Is this the way for peace and prosperity and justice? I think this is only leading to the law of jungle. We are not attacking anyone. We are looking for freedom and dignity and independence. We are not, we are a people under occupation and we have the right to defend ourselves and to resist the occupation. And this is guaranteed by, by all kinds of laws, by international law. France resisted the Nazi, uh, uh, occupation, uh, India, South Africa, Vietnam, everywhere. 
everywhere, Algeria, everywhere, people under occupation have resisted the, the oppression and have the right to do it. Why not the Palestinian? Why you are dealing with Israel as a, an estate above the law? I think this is not uh, serving the interests of the American people and serving the interests of the American administration. Uh, I think, again, uh, the new American administration have the duty to, 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 to put a setup. How can we move forward towards justice and toward prosperity, toward giving the Palestinians their right of independence, dignity, and freedom? By the way, the time at the time Israel was recognized as a, uh, as a member of the United Nations in 19 nations in 1980-1949, this was conditioned with two things. Israel is a full member of the United Nations if two conditions are fulfilled, an independent Palestinian state and the right of return for all Palestinian refugees. As long as these two conditions are not fulfilled, Israel must not be an, a member uh, of the United Nations, of the international, a legitimate member of the, of the international community. Israel is only an oppressor. And therefore, in the 21st century, we cannot accept to have an occupation for more than 70 years uh, backed up by the, by the uh, United States. What do you say to people who support the Palestinian cause, but question Hamas's decision to intervene with the evictions going on in East Jerusalem, the home theft going on in East Jerusalem by Israel, Hamas then deciding to get involved by launching rockets. And the criticism that Hamas has gotten is that Hamas then triggered these Israeli attacks on Gaza and changed the story from East Jerusalem instead leading now to this latest round of Israeli attacks on Gaza? Look, first of all, uh, Palestinians, all Palestinians, including those who are living in Sheikh Jarrah itself and in Jerusalem in Al-Aqsa compound, the worshiper, the peaceful worshiper, they have called the international community, the Americans, the Europeans, for more than one month to intervene <clears throat> to stop the Israeli plans of forceful eviction of Palestinians from Sheikh Jarrah and to stop the uh, plans of right-wing extremists to storm the mosque with 30,000 fanaticals. What happened? Nothing. We have heard some few words here and there, but practically no serious action taken. What we, if we study the situation for the last few years, what we see, that every day the Israelis are continue implementing their unilateral plans of annexing the Palestinian land, of Judaization of Jerusalem, of expelling the Palestinians from, from Jerusalem to change the demographic, the demographic balance, of storming the mosque on the way to uh, evict Palestinians or to kick Palestinians out from the mosque on the way to destroy the mosque this is not my narrative. This is what they are saying, what they are talking officially in the government, in the Knesset. Uh, I think at the end of waiting, Palestinians themselves in Sheikh Jarrah, they have called Hamas 
to intervene, to do something, to uh, to uh, to try to prevent implementing uh, these plans. Second, uh, by the way, we are living under siege now for more than 16 years. I mean, regardless of the problems of Sheikh Jarrah or, or Al-Aqsa compound, we are living in a dire condition in a big, biggest open air prison. And we have, we have the right, not only, if not to resist, but at least to knock the doors of the prison and to say that we are here suffocating and we have the right to live in dignity. And therefore, to resist is the normal situation against oppression, against occupation. Uh, therefore, Hamas did not initiate this escalation. Hamas responded to already present escalation and aggression against our people. Uh, if you I am sorry for those who are supporting uh, the Palestinian cause if they think in this way, okay, you can ask today Palestinians in Jerusalem, in the West Bank, in uh, occupied Palestine of 48 territories and inside Gaza, how, how do they see the situation today? All of them backing up the resistance, supporting the resistance, not only Hamas, Hamas and other factions, uh, because again, the people, Look, Aaron, uh, Palestinians have tried three decades ago to adopt the track of negotiations and peaceful and peace treaties. What is the results after 30 years? More settlements, more land annexed, more Judaization of Jerusalem, more people arrested, Gaza is besieged, Palestinians are divided and fragmented. Palestinians tried to go to the international community and to apply uh, a case against uh, Israel in the ICC. What was the response? European countries and America and others, they have threatened the Israelis. If you continue going to the ICC, you will be punished financially and politically and we will boycott it. Okay, Palestinians have tried, the Palestinians have tried to call for BDS, a very peaceful, smart way to express your opinion that you are against oppression, so that you are not ready to buy the goods of Israel, especially from the uh, settlements. What was the response? Europe, most of the European countries and the Americans have issued new rules and regulations against BDS, considering it as a, a, a anti-Semite. What the, the international community haven't left us any, 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 any way to resist or to achieve our goals of dignity, uh, independence, freedom, except resistance. We have tried everything. Look, today, today the, the international community, the whole countries of the world are calling for a Security Council session or meeting to call for a ceasefire. I am sure the, internet, the, the, the Security Council will not come and uh, support Hamas or support uh, the resistance. They will call for uh, both parties to stop escalation and to stop firing and so on and so on. What was the, what was the response of the Americans? They have blocked the meeting four times simply because they are dealing with Israel as a state above the law. 
they are not ready to allow the international community even to give the Palestinians a simple right of 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 uh, in in Sheikh Jarrah in Al Quds in 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 lifting the siege and uh, living in dignity. Why the Americans blocking the Security Council meeting? Why they have used for 72 times, uh, they have used veto against international resolutions in favor of the Palestinian right. I'm not talking about the, the narrative of Hamas or, the, or, or uh, the resistance movement. I'm talking about international resolutions, international positions. Why is the US, the United States is against international law, against international community? This is the question. This must be the question. The normal relationship between the oppressor and the oppressed people, the occupier and the occupied people, is to resist. Some details here or there who uh, launched first, this is not a question. The question is how can we end the occupation? How can we end the suffering of 2 million people here in Gaza? Should we wait how long? Yani, tell me how long should we wait how much Palestinians have to die either by missiles, by, by rockets, or uh, starving by hunger because of the siege until the international community is ready to change the situation on the ground. I think we have done everything. We have given the international community all the chances to move and to change the situation. But unfortunately, they have failed. And on this point of trying everything, I'm wondering if you could talk more about the 2018 Great March of Return, which you took part in organizing. Uh, this was Palestinians marching in huge numbers, nonviolently, on the barrier with Israel, Israeli soldiers gunning down the demonstrators uh, indiscriminately, uh, killing dozens of people, wounding hundreds more with US-supplied weapons. What was the aim of this march and what lessons did you take away when the world just sat by and watched all this happen with and giving Israel full impunity? This is one of the clear examples how our people tried peacefully uh, and responding positively to the international calls to avoid resistance and launching rockets and to go peacefully calling for freedom and independence and right of return and lifting the siege. Thousands and thousands moved to the borders, not it is this a border, the, 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 the security fence between Gaza Strip and the Israeli controlled territories. In more than one and a half years, each Friday, peacefully, what, what was the result? shooting of innocent, peaceful Palestinians standing hundreds of meters away from the fence by snipers, killing of hundreds, wounding of thousands. And what was the international response? Nothing, simply nothing. Okay, they have always said this is not acceptable, excessive force, uh, Israel have to exercise more restraint and Palestinians have to stand away from the fence, but effectively they have done nothing. The siege is still there, Palestinians are still oppressed, we have no chances of a dignified life. Therefore, again, 
we have tried, we have given the international community all the chances to change the situation on the ground. But again, they, when it comes to Israel, they are dealing with it as a state, as a state above the law. Uh, this was very uh, uh, striking example how Palestinian for, for one and a half year, each Friday moved peacefully in thousands, men and women and children, uh, raising their voices against the oppression, against the siege, against the... But the response was a brutal response by killing more people and uh, an impotent response of the international community uh, towards Israel. Finally, as we are speaking, there still is no ceasefire. What is your understanding of the terms that Hamas would propose and accept for a ceasefire with Israel? Hamas from day one, when the mediators, I'm talking about UN and Qataris and Egyptians contacted the leadership to achieve a ceasefire that we are ready to stop immediately if the Israelis stop their aggression against our people immediately. Second, that to have rational guarantees from the mediators, the brokers, that, uh, that Israel is not, is not changing the situation, the status quo in Al-Aqsa compound, preventing or, or uh, more storming the mosque by, by fanaticals and right-wing extremists. Second, uh, to stop forceful eviction of Palestinians from their homes in Sheikh Jarrah. That's it. And I think this situation is totally in accordance with the international law. And finally, any final words that you want to say to uh, a, a U.S. audience especially? It's rare for Hamas officials to get an extended hearing in U.S. media. Any final words you want to leave us with today, Dr. Naim? We have no problems with any religion, with any ethnic groups, with any color. Our problem is only with the occupation, with the oppression. What we are looking for is only freedom, dignity, and independence. To live like any people around the world, to secure a better future for our children. Therefore, what any ordinary American citizen accepting for himself, we, we, I hope he can, he is ready to, to fight and to struggle that we can achieve this. Therefore, we, again, we are not uh, attacking anyone. We are not, what, all what we are calling for is our dignity and freedom and independence. Therefore, we are looking for that all people in the United States and outside the United States, that they are supporting uh, us in this struggle uh, as a human. Again, our struggle is a, uh, is a struggle of all humanity. And hopefully we can see the day that Palestinians can live like all other nations in a free and independent state. 
Dr. Basamayim is a senior official with Hamas's International Relations Office and the former Minister of Health in Gaza, speaking to us from Gaza City. Dr. Naeem, thank you very much for your time. Please, thank you very much. And thank you for, um, for your invitation.